Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. We have our special segment now, our Every Day is Earth Day. And on the phone, I've got a person who has been working with this for a while. Her name is Becky Rice. She is the program director for Blue Thumb and Metro Blooms here in Minnesota. And we're going to talk a little bit about that program and how you can create a more resilient lawn and all sorts of things to help the pollinators. Good morning, Becky. Hi, good morning, Karen. Thank you for chatting with us today about this really important issue. I was thinking it couldn't have come at a better time that you were able to chat with us because just today in our news, there was a little article in the paper about registration for NOMO May is beginning coming up March 15th. And this is for the city of Mankato that piloted the initiative. And last year, more than 700 people participated. You know, it's designed to promote healthy habitats for early season pollinators like the bees by allowing grass to grow, et cetera. And I know you guys at Blue Thumb and uh, Metro Blooms are all about that sort of thing. So let's talk about what is Blue Thumb and Metro Blooms and what do you do? Sure. Uh, well, Metro Blooms is a nonprofit organization, uh, environmental nonprofit. And our goal is to teach people about rain gardens and native plants and the environmental uh, impacts they can have by installing, creating a, a rain garden and native planting in their own yard. You also do bee lawns so too, correct? We talk about a lot of turf alternatives and reducing, generally reducing the amount of yard you have dedicated to your turf, whether you're putting in a small native planting or you're putting in native trees and shrubs or bee lawns. And bee lawns can be a lot of different low-growing native plants. And that's white clover, which is not a native plant, but is a great plant for um, our lawns. It makes our lawns healthier and it also provides Uh, It's a nectar source for a lot of native Minnesota bees. Why is it important that we are doing these things that you're talking about? Well, we, our state used to be covered in native plants and and now it is, and most of it has been turned, is in private hands and has been turned over to other uses besides, besides the native trees and shrubs that are here. And we're seeing a decline in habitat for birds and other pollinators, the bees and butterflies. And we've also learned that we can make a difference and each of us can plant uh, native, more natives in our yard, reduce the turf. Uh, turf is, doesn't pr- provide habitat for anyone, and, but we can, we can create habitat in our yard and make a big difference for pollinators. Those little pollinator patches can really make a big difference. And if, if we're all doing it, that's what we need. We need everyone to put a little bit in their yard, and that way we can save the rusty patch bumblebee, which is a federally endangered bumblebee and Minnesota state bee. Well, people might say, well, Becky, that's nice and all to save the bees and the bugs and et cetera, but why does that matter? Well, it's the insects are the foundation of our of our ecosystem. So birds and um, birds eat insects. They're, you know, in addition 
to being that foundational resource for a lot of other animals that are higher up the food chain, the pollinators pollinate most of the food crops that we eat. So they're essential that we have pollinators for our own our own existence. I think I read somewhere there there's some something like 40 million acres of, of turf grass across the United States, and that's basically a vast wasteland for these pollinators. And I know myself, I was a recipient of a Lawns to Legume grant when it first came out a number of years ago and planted a lakeshore pollinator garden that consisted of a number of native plants and the thing with one thing I also considered was that they have very deep roots so when the water comes down it will soak in and it's cleaned the, the water's cleaned off before it goes into the lake so it's that's another reason I know to plant some of these native varieties. Right and you're you're right that too, way too much of uh, we, uh, turf grass is the largest crop grown in the United States. And if you think of it that way, the amount of land we have turned into turf lawn, uh, it, it creates no habitat that was once habitat. You can, you can you know, begin to imagine the problem that our poor pollinators and birds and all, all animals are, are facing. Now, you have offered the Lawns to Legume program since, what year did I start? What year did it start? I can't remember the year I got it, but I think, was it 2019? Yeah, the first, the first year we um, grantees were awarded was in 2020. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, since then we had, uh, we've had uh, 1,200 people install. You were one of those 1,200, 1,200 mm-hmm. people put native pollinator habitats in habitat in their yard through the Lawns to Legumes program. And uh, we're right now we're working on the spring with the spring 2023 cohort, and we're hoping to have at least that many um, projects go in this spring. So um, looking, the, the, anyone can go online at bluethumb.org and you can sign up to, to um, be entered into the lottery to receive a Lawns to Legumes uh, grant. It's 350 for anyone to put in pollinator plantings in their yard. Now the deadline is passed though for this year's round, correct? It's passed for the spring 2023 cohort, but there will be another cohort in the fall. So late, late summer, uh, there'll be another round of awardees. So we encourage anyone to apply, even if you, if you haven't, if you applied before August, of of 2022 you would need to reapply but um we encourage anyone to apply we're we're giving away grants and you know the more people that apply the more people that we can tell the legislature it's it's something that people care about that people want to put want these native plants in their yard and it just helps us um keep this program going you know, since you started the program, do you know how many more native plantings there have been? I mean, do you, have you measured it in acres or anything, or how do you quantify it? Yes, we have. Uh, we have. We do measure it in acres, and it's. I wish I could tell you the number off the top of my head. Um, we have. Well, we have twelve hundred um, plantings that went into the ground. And it's in the thousands of millions, I think, of acres that of native plantings. So we also had people who 
who got that funding and installed practice in the yard, they contributed 150% of that award to, you know, to their project. So it wasn't only that public investment, it was a large private investment, not only of the money, but of time that people care about. People care about the bees and the butterflies and the birds, and they want to make a difference. And the Lancel Legumes program gives not only the funding resources, the, the grant dollars, but there are a lot of do-it-yourself resources on the online on the website to help people select the plants, figure out where is the best place to put it in my yard, and you know how do I install it? How do I maintain it? How do I keep it? looking beautiful over over in my yard over the years. One uh, listener before we came on the air was wanting to put in a bee lawn, and we've talked about bee lawns in the past on this show and wondering right. how do you do that? Now, you talked about, you know, planting native things and re- reducing your regular turf grass, which generally around here is Kentucky bluegrass, for example. But right. what sorts of things do you advise people on in terms of what's the best way to start doing a bee lawn? What does it consist of? I know you mentioned clover, but I know there's some fescues and things that people talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's have you chat a little bit about that and maybe how you how do you do that and where do you get the seed and all those sorts of things? Yeah, well, there are a couple um, there are a couple places where you can get the seed um, online. Uh, Prairie Moon and these are online resources. Prairie Moon, um, Minnesota Native Landscapes, Twin City Seed are all great sources for. We're looking for. Um, you can find a bee law bee lawn blend. Uh, and that's what includes the, the Dutch white clover. They also have 100% native grass seed mixes. And um, they include, in the mix, it typically includes some fine fescues. And that's a really nice grass, but has a longer root than, than the Kentucky bluegrass. And it's a no, low mow variety. And it just takes up less resources and, and holds more water in the soil. Um, and that usually includes the dust white clover and uh, creeping thyme and prunella, which is a, another Minnesota native. Um, and you can also add, you know, you can add variety in there. I like the common blue violet, which a lot of people see as a weed in their yard, but it's the only food source for the fertility butterfly. Um, yarrow, the common yarrow blooms at a really, if you, really low height. Um, and is a great uh, turf alternative. So there's a lot of natives you can use. Um, what woodland strawberry is another nice turf alternative. Um, a lot of things that are low growing and just beautiful in your yard and provide habitat um, that are are not the Kentucky bluegrass. Have you gotten any, uh, I guess, blowback from folks saying, "Oh, we don't want you to wreck our beautiful lawns," because you know. It didn't used to be that the all green, all turf was the thing. You know, we used to be used to clover and things in it, but then all of a sudden there became this, I guess, craze. Everybody had to have these lawns that look like golf courses. So do you ever hear from folks saying, well, why are you trying to wreck our beautiful lawns? Have you ever had that? Or do you only (laughs) get in contact with people who want to do something different? Um, I think think those people aren't calling me. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I think I think you know what you're pointing to uh, is a really important, and, and it's that it's the social pressure mm-hmm. of you know, that green lawn, and that's why we encourage people to be the leader in their neighborhood and make and you, you know step out in front, and you be the first one to put it in, and then your neighbors might notice how beautiful your flowering lawn looks and ask ask you about it, and they might want to do it too. And we know that that's really the most powerful, the most powerful uh, change agent is that neighbor seeing others doing this in their yard, and and um, that that social norm can change that way. That's that's the best way to make the change. Well, I think even by having the cities now. Uh, go with uh, no mow may for example that that really started here in mankato last year and now they're just now saying people hey you need to register or the registration begins on march 15th to do that and that basically it's not just an excuse this is the thing you don't look at it as an excuse that i don't have to mow my lawn it's an it's the reason is that you do it for i guess doing something better for the environment right right and I think the idea is if you're mowing your your if you're mowing your lawn, then you might be mowing some of the flowers that the pollinators are looking for. So I know my my violets are usually blooming in May. So if I was to mow them, that you're defeating the purpose of creating that pollinator lawn. And um, uh, I think I love the idea of bringing attention to using less, less, fewer inputs in your yard is a is a great idea, and giving permission to people to, to let their yard look a little, little bit messy, less than perfect, and it's again, it's you know ways that we can change that, that social norm of everyone needs a bright green lawn. And you mentioned the inputs. One thing I know I, I've heard about, like the fescues, they don't require as much input in terms because bl- Kentucky bluegrass, which most of us have seen and are used to, uh, will normally, it's a natural thing that goes dormant in the July, August when it gets super hot and then it starts to look really bad and people think, well, I have to save this. So they water, 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 water. And it's not, I mean, you're going against the natural um ebb and flow of of the plant itself so by putting in some things like the the fescues you're going to keep that greenness or the of the clovers because i've been adding what's called mini clover to my yard so i've got it's kentucky bluegrass because that's what was there when i came but i've been gradually adding more and more clover and so when other folks with the pure grass have uh, gone brown in the summer mine continues to be green and also you don't have to fertilize because the those um the little legumes which are clovers put that nitrogen in the soil so i mean that's what you with the the fewer inputs it's such a such a good thing i think overall and the pollinators have certainly increased as well so it's a positive thing and i know you do educational sessions and things so people can learn more about it do you want to talk a little bit about that how can people learn how to do this yeah, well, uh, again, it's go to the Blue Thumb website, and there's uh, learn, learn, and they, we have a, a whole bunch of classes coming up where the Resilient Yard, our Resilient Yard series, where you um, can learn uh, all the ways, all the things that you can do in your yard, including information about how to how how best to establish these turf alternatives in your yard. Um, but what are what are ways you can add other natives in your yard too? And there's some beautiful design uh, guides 
um, created by landscape our landscape designers that you can use to create your own pollinator garden and um, plan your yard. Our designers look at ways, look at the whole yard and help you select trees and shrubs that are natives and that would work well in your yard. Um, so uh, I would encourage anyone to look at the online learning resources and sign up for a workshop and get something in this spring, either uh, with a Lawns to Legumes grant or just with all the do-it-yourself resources that are available there. When should people start doing this? I mean, it's March. We've still got a bunch of winter left. There's six, I know there's 17 days officially till spring, but we're not going to be planting then. So what should people start doing now in terms of getting ready to do this if they want to, to do such plantings? Yeah, I think just uh, planting, planning ahead, um, trying trying to identify where you want to plant something and, and the, what plants you want to buy. You can go online and start placing your order. Um, we know that since there's a lot of people through, from the Lawn to Legumes are going to be looking for plants, it's never too early to get your order in, so you make sure you get the plants that you want. Um, so now is just a good time to plan your garden and start ordering seeds or, or plugs to, that can be um, maybe delivered later. Uh, and um, you can also, if you're very ambitious, now is a great time to do winter seed sowing. If you want to go the seed route, you can order seeds from the nurseries and get them started right now uh, in either putting them in um we're directly into the soil or on top of the snow. You could put them if you're in a garden or in a in a little uh, milk jug container to start growing them now for your garden. What kind of seeds are you talking? Are you talking grass? Or are you talking other native plants or what? So people know so they're just not throwing seed willy-nilly out in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking uh, the native native plants, native Minnesota seed flowers and grasses. Um, they they overwinter. You know, with our, the native seeds are putting out their seeds in the winter, and they like to overwinter. But it's not too late in the winter. There's still enough cold time. So they, if you order seeds now and and plant native seeds now, they you'll have uh, your native seeds. Your native garden will be growing in coming up in June. Now, do you have to be concerned about prepping the soil? I mean, that's something with gardening people always hear about. You need to prep the soil so you think, well, will it really grow then? Or how's it going to grow or won't it? Or what should I expect? Well, if you have a garden area with open soil, you can put the, you can put the seeds right over the snow okay. now. And they will, in, come, in June, they will come up. Um, but you do need bare soil. So... If you don't have a bare soil in your garden now, um, you, you know, again, there are a lot of resources on the website. I keep pointing you back there, but mm-hmm. there is a seed sowing section on the in in the in the online resources to give you all the all the information to put seeds in the ground. Um, but seeds aren't the only way. Seed, seeding is one way to you know get your projects. The other is just to order from the native nurseries who have who have already done this. And, and you can get the small plugs of, of the plants delivered to you. Because I know I have, for example, I've got a lawn that I've been putting the uh, mini clover seeds in and just mm-hmm. a little bit by little bit. Now, I would like to add more, 
so this is what I was thinking, and you tell me if this would work. So I've got, it's been Kentucky bluegrass with, you know, a bunch of weeds and things in it as well. If I core aerated it this spring and then sprinkled some uh, native uh, grass, whether it's the fescues, the clovers, etc., into the, the lawn, will that be good enough to establish uh, the new native growth, or will it be too much competition between what's already there in terms of the turf grass? Well, um, I think that sounds like a great way to to establish some native seed because the most important thing is is you want the seed to soil contact okay. when you're when you're doing when you're overseeding a lawn like that and doing the plugs the the aeration will give you that direct seed to soil contact. Another way we recommend is just uh, mowing really short. And that goes against no mow may, but if you right. mow really short and then a rake up the thatch, uh, that'll, another way to give you a uh, good seed to soil contact. So, so you um, may look like you're not do, participating in no mow may, but you're trying to establish a uh, native lawn. <laughs> so you're doing good, but right. it just may be, yeah. Uh, I have a question from a listener um, saying, are there any local nurseries that sell native plants? And I don't, you're in the Twin City, so I don't know that you know that. I know that the you mentioned the Prairie Moon Nursery and a, a bunch of other ones that are mail order and I've done mail order with native plants as well before and had very 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 good luck. I've done with one in uh, it's called Prairie Nursery in Wisconsin which is also right. in our, our zone in our in, uh, ecosystem but do you know or is it the best thing to do is just call and, and ask? Call and ask. Uh, Glacial Ridge Growers is another one uh, we recommend that they provide online and Minnesota native landscapes. Those are all uh Prairie restoration. They, they you can order the plants online, and they're all good native native nursery partners. Um, so if you if you want to go to a nursery and it's not you don't know if they have natives, I would just make sure that you know the difference between a native and a cultivar, and um, make sure and and the cultivars are they're they're cultivars of natives, and they don't provide all the pollinator benefits. Um, that that a, the true Minnesota native. So make sure you're buying a true Minnesota native. If if you're not at a native nursery, sometimes you'll need to ask the staff and to help. What would you look for on the label to know that? Because you know, a lot of times in certain well, unless they're a, a, a bona fide nursery, a lot of times you'll ask people and they really don't know the answer. So what should I or folks look for? Is there something on the label that would say this is Minnesota native or? Yeah. Well, it should. Well, if if it's a cultivar of a native, it's not a true native. There will be a special name, okay. and it will be in quotes. The special name, like uh, fireworks purple echinacea. So, it, if if it has a special name and it's in quotes, that's that's an indication that it is a cultivar of the native and not the true native. The true native will um, have the Latin have its Latin name. So echinacea, basically, um, and, and no special name to it, for example. No name in quotes. Yeah, that's okay. what you're looking for. Good to know. And you know, you don't wanna... I think we should let people, this is something I always look in the big box stores. You know, you can always get cheaper prices to think, you know, cheap is better. But I have never seen any good native grass mixes in any big box stores. You know, they're selling to the masses and... I don't know that they actually sell any of these types of things that we're talking about, do they, that you're aware of? I think you're right. I I can't speak for all of them, of course, but I, I think you're right. I, I have not seen them myself. 
either in a big box store. So it, you have to you have to look online for them. And and if you go to the Blue Thumb website, there's a list of Blue Thumb partners and the nurseries that we've been talking about. There's a list of native nurseries that we've been we've been talking about, and you can there you can find an array of different places. I've, I've only named a few. Now, do you have that list on the website, that your website, of places you can possibly find these sorts of native seeds and plants? Yes, there is. Um, there is a, if you go to the Lawns to Legumes, mm-hmm. uh, there is, on our website, there is a grantee guide. And in our grantee guide, um, you can find a list of native nurseries in the area. Okay. That's, and, you know, another great site I've checked, too, because I happen to be a master gardener as well, the University of Minnesota has an excellent site as well for planting and maintaining a bee lawn, for example. They give science-based information, so that's another great resource I would recommend people go to, and they, you know, talk about what kinds of fescues you want to plant and and all those sorts of things. So I think there's a lot of good resources out there, but I think a part of it is getting used to the idea that it's okay not to have the perfect a uh, golf lawn, for example. I agree. And Changing norms, yeah, is what we need to do of all our neighbors and be leaders in our community in doing that. Being brave enough to be the leaders in our community. And I love. I have just. I just had a listener make a comment that said, "So happy you're doing this interview. Such good information." Well, thank you. I'm glad that you appreciated that. Let's see. I've got another one here that said, "Oh, they just." Um, said a local resource that has some uh, gardening with native plants. There's a local uh, company here called Drummers. That's one. I don't. I haven't checked the others, but somebody just uh, sent that to me. So thank you, listener, because uh, that happens to be in Mankato. But uh, I know the other thing, uh, and, and maybe you also know this too, Becky, is that sometimes you need to order now because sometimes things run out in the native plants. Right. Yeah. Right. Now is a good time to get your order in. Yeah. And and when do you think we can start expecting to start to plant these things? I mean, obviously you're not a a fortune teller, but I mean, in general, what would you say? Well, uh we April and uh end of April, early May is usually when the ground is warm enough to begin planting. The natives are a little bit hardier uh than the the annuals you don't want to put in until until mid-May or early May, but the natives are a little hardy, especially if they've been grown outside, which mm-hmm. a lot of them have. You, as long as the ground is 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 no longer frozen, and uh, that's the time to plant a native. Very good. And as you mentioned, you can do some of that winter planting now with some of the native plants. I, I know I collected a ton of seeds from my pollinator lakeshore planting that I did from my lawns to legume grant and I have a niece who's got some acreage they just built the house on with really nothing and so we're going to be planting some natives there with all the seeds I collected so that'll be a kind of a fun thing. I love that story. Yeah. Anything (laughs) so great to hear. Anything else you think that's important for people to know Becky about Blue Thumb or what's happening when are are the upcoming educational sessions? Well you can register for them Uh, you can register online right you know, now um, you can start registering for the educational sessions or you can download. We have a free this year online learning system that's got all the information and resources um, you that are in, you know, that you'll want for the workshops. Our first one coming up, it looks like, is in uh, April 
four, we have our first resilient yard workshop is coming up. And I see all you got to do is just register online. You've got uh, a form, and, and it says you'll send them all the stuff that's coming up for the the next wherever it's at. Uh, so a lot of online stuff still, which is kind of great for helping people to be able to attend. Yes, it's online, and when you register for the online learning series, you will. That's where you c- will be asked if you want to register for the Lawns to Legumes grant as well. So you'll be entered into the lottery when you download those resources. Oh, I got another listen to this that says the Albert Lee Seed Company also has a good selection of organic native seeds. So, well, thank you listeners. We always appreciate you weighing in and it's good to know we've got local resources as well. Becky, I want to thank you so much. Uh, Becky Rice with Blue Thumb and Metro Blooms. She is the uh, program director there and talking all about this important thing. And as we look toward no mow May and, and planting for our environment, such an important topic. Thank you, Becky, for your time. Thank you, Karen. All right. Bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.